Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And it is like spring or something. Is it actual spring or are we going to get another like winter well, and another spring? I think for you it's spring of despises spring of deception no i think we already hit that it's like oh. i got a sunburn on one arm on oh. sunday yeah dude i got a farmer's tan from biking <laughs> oh no i got that but on one arm because we sat on the dovetail tan. patio and i got sunburned oh, no. on one arm well the point of this is that it's warming up in chicago it's been warm for a while here even though i have the heater on next to me because i'm a psychopath you are a psychopath uh, yeah, I like to, like, sweat constantly. <laughs> um, but that means it's patio season. That it does, that it does. Which that is also exciting. means it's sunburn season for me and Steve. Yeah. Well, I re- the reason I say that is because you're wearing a tank top and it looks like it's 79 degrees. Well, it's just hot in here because in we, have, we have the windows closed so that you don't hear the street noise in, you know, because we live on a corner unit, so that street noise yeah. is bad. Yeah, that's true. Um, cool. So, back for another episode. It is the first episode of the month. Yes. So that is Stephanie's music. I feel like I should like develop some music that intros <clears throat> it, but I don't want to do that. Eh, whatever. Maybe one day. It's been too long at this point. <laughs> okay. So I'm. It's April. I'm gonna talk about my favorite albums that came out in the month of March. So the first one came out on March 5th, and it's the new album from Fruit Bats, and his new album is called The Pet Parade. So I I think I've talked, I think I talked about his last album on Stephanie's Music Corner one time, but his album, his music is just so good. He, he doesn't put anything out that's bad. Yeah, I really liked um, The Pet Parade. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean, Fruit Bats is folky, but like not mainstream folky, I guess. No, it's, it feels like it's there's like a lot of intention folky. to the music, yeah. too. Like, I don't know. It just seems like he really like thought through a lot of the music he wrote this time. And it's not quite as like upbeat, fun Fruit Bats, but it's a very good album. Yeah. Okay, so the next one came out on March 12th, and it's the new album from Nick Jonas. It's called Spaceman. It's very good. I actually haven't listened to that one. Ooh, you gotta. It's good. I'm surprised I haven't, because I've been on, like, a Taylor Swift kick, so I'm surprised I haven't listened to Nick Jonas. Yeah, um, I... He makes good solo music. He really does. Um, I think he's the best like solo member of the Jonas Brothers by far. Like, I mean, musically. there's only two of them. Well, I guess that's fair. Oh, okay. I was going to say, the, the best solo member of the Jonas Brothers is Frankie Frankie. Jonas. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Nick makes the best music too. Um, he, the reason, the, 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 the entire concept behind the album is that he was trying to, he had written some of these songs and he was trying to like build a story to it. So he created this persona of the spaceman, and that's where like the title came from. Okay. Um, it's real good. It's a very good pop album. He, uh, Nick Jonas said he was just kind of like sitting at home when he was bored, and he started writing this music, and then tried to find some way to stream it together. So yeah, very good. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about came out on March 19th. And it's the new album from Lana Del Rey. Her new album. Heaven Trails Over the Country Club. Yes. Produced by my main man, Jack Antonoff. Yes. Um, this was a really good album. It's very different than like, when when I think of Lana Del Rey, I still think of like 2014, which is, she sounds Hollywood sadcore? Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> this has a much lighter vibe to it than a lot of her like early stuff. But it's a little more atmospheric sounding. Also very good. Um, it's more similar to her songwriting style on Norman fucking Rockwell, which is her last also album. Also produced by Jack my Antonoff. main man, Jack Antonoff. So, yeah. I guess I didn't really like put two and two together that he produced her two albums that sound the most unique out of her 
discography. He also produced Pure Heroin by Lord. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. Everybody. Knew he that. He's a great producer. I mean, I honestly think that we should do a Jack Antonoff episode one day because um, he's done so much in the music industry. So you know how we talk about long time coming. This is me planting the seed. Um, for I was Jack looking Antonoff through our episode. topics in preparation of like what should we should talk we should talk about this week, and that's one that's on there. Oh, Jack Antonoff. Mm, we already said we already. Oh, wrote I down. didn't realize that. we already wrote it I down. Didn't... Okay, well, we planted the seed earlier. Yeah. Okay, so the next one it came out on March 26th, and it's the new album from Tune Yards. Um, her new album is called Sketchy. So this is another great representation of the music she does. What's that look for? I didn't know Tune Yards was just a girl. I mean, I think she has several band members with her, but she is like the main Tune Yards. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a band. I'm looking it up now, and it's um, like a project of a person, but I didn't realize that. I thought it was like a natural band. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, God, I know her name. Meryl Garbus. Yep, that's it. She's from Oakland. Um, so this album was just, I mean, she does some good unique sounds and i just love that she like loops her own voice to make the background music in her like all of her music i think it's just really fun to listen to so that's tune yards and then uh the final one i'm going to talk about also came out of the 26th it's the sophomore album from serpent with feet his new album is called deacon so he is um this kind of offbeat R&B artist where his music is very like, not that it's one note, but it's, he uses very low music and like his first album, the vocals and the music itself is pitched down very low. So it kind of almost has this like reverberating sound to it. So this album is very much like a lighter sound, not so heavy as his first album. Um, but it's very much about like feelings of love and romance and how not every like love action is like this grandiose thing. Like it's always some of it's mundane. Yeah. 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 So the music kind of follows that. That's interesting. It feels it like that because like... his lyrics yeah. are very much like that. And the music kind of goes along with that. That's as well. interesting. Yeah. His, his music is very interesting. Um, I saw that some of his stuff, I mean, I've seen it on more of like the R and B um, and like the pollen type podcast or mm-hmm. podcasts, the pollen type playlists on Spotify. But I saw that like his stuff's now showing up on the indie stations too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you didn't give any ratings for these. What are the, what oh, are the stuff? That's a good, that's a good, I was too busy thinking about what I was going to say about them. So fruit bats was a nine out of 10. And then Nick Jonas was an eight out of 10. Tune yards was an eight out of 10. Lana Del Rey was a 9 out of 10. Oh, I did those two backwards. Whatever. Um, and then Serpent with Feet was a 9 out of 10. Oh, so no 10 out of 10s. Not this no month. Not this month. Honestly, I was feeling a little uninspired with the music that's been released this month. Beyond these, like, couple really good standouts, it's all been... It's been good, but it's not been... It's not, it's not like January all over again, where every single album's a perfect 10. Yeah, I'm looking at, like, what I listened to that came out this month, and I would agree. I also feel like there wasn't that much released this month. Like, I feel like every week when I pull my album spreadsheet, it was not that much. Like, it was very little compared to normal. Um, yeah, I would agree. Uh, it looks like a lot of live albums. A lot of live albums, a little bit of compilations, a couple EPs came out, but I don't count the EPs in my list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember listening to anything new this month either, other than, like, the things that you've talked about. Cool. Um, so, let's get into the beer. Uh, Stephanie, what are you? What are we drinking? Not you. We're drinking the same thing. Yeah, we're actually drinking the same beer today. So we are drinking Fifty Five Rocks from Brewers Kitchen, brewed out of Pilot Project. Yep, which they so graciously gave us um, 
because we supplied them with some California beer and I iced them. Yes, that was that was and hilarious. Didn't get iced back. Not yet. Just you wait. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm still like anticipating just finding a package. Let's okay. let's talk about this beer. So, like we said, um, we both got this gifted by our good friends at Pilot Project. Yep. First so, of all, beautiful can artwork. Um, I like this. When can they artwork posted a lot. this, I like, commented on their page saying it was beautiful because it's like a really pretty. They're they're very well known, or I don't know, well known, but they're known for the like simplistic artwork that they do, yeah. and they're all just kind of like a similar like uniform like brush across the front, um, like yeah. different like styles of things that they put on the front, but like color palette will change, but like all very simplistic. Yeah. Um, and this is just like shades of purple. Yeah. It's very pretty. So fifty five rocks very is amethyst. a. Ooh yeah, it really is. It reminds me of amethyst. So, um, this is a double dry hopped pale ale. So, according to the internet, this beer is hopped with Strata, Comet, Eclipse, and Galaxy hops. It has little, this little rocket has notes of orange rind, lemon drop, underripe pineapple, and a light dry resinous finish. Who was allowed to use the phrase, this little rocket, in describing a beer? Because... Well, I think I remember them saying 55 Rockets has something to do with 55 space. Rocks. 55 Rocks has something to do with space, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Because, like, I mean, just think about it. Like, with hop names like Strata, Comet, Eclipse, and Galaxy, like, those yeah. are all, like, spacey. Um, so I think that that's what they're going with, and that's why they say Rocket. I hate that phrase, because all I can think <laughs> of when I think of Rocket is Letterkenny. Oh, yeah. Whose sister's a fucking Rocket Boys? We've been rewatching Letter Whose Billet so, sister yeah. is a fucking Rocket Boys? Yeah, yeah we were, were watching it. So, um, I've actually had this on draft, and it's very nice. good. Um, I doubt that. It is, I don't get so much of like the hazy type flavor. I get a dryness from yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say nice it's a little dry. And interesting for a double dry hop. Yeah, it's dry and then it's got a soft overall flavor to it. Would agree. Um, the hoppiness too is pretty mellow. Yeah. The IPA backbone in general is pretty mellow for this. Like I think yeah. the first note you get is really just like that dryness. Yeah. Um, and then it's like everything else is pretty soft. I do like how soft this beer is. It's very easy to drink. And it's got some big hops in it, yeah. too. Like just with Galaxy, I know for us, like, we always immediately taste Galaxy, and it's not, like, overpowering. No, it's really not. hops. Yeah, I would say the hoppiness to the, like, fruit flavor here is very well balanced, and it keeps yeah. a very soft palate where it's not too heavy on the bitterness and it's not too heavy on the fruit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Very good. Um, what are your three words? I'm going to say balanced, soft, I had a third one, I just blanked. What are your three words? <laughs> I'm going to say dry, um, citrus, but not like overpower, I guess mild citrus. Um, and balanced. Okay, so I'm going to say... And soft. Actually, soft instead of balanced. I'm going to say balanced, soft, and I get a little bit of a resiny flavor to it. So I'm going to say resiny. Okay. Okay. All right, so with the beer being done and us already running long on an episode... Shocker. Um, let's, get, let's get into the topic. Uh, so what are we talking about today? So today we're actually giving an early birthday celebration to one of our favorite chaotic actors, but like in a good way, uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, so th this is a spiritual successor, if you will, to the Twilight episode that we a did. spiritual successor. <laughs> okay. So before we start, I want us to rate robert pattinson on like the traditional like dungeons and dragons character scale so between good and evil and then between lawful and chaotic 
Um, where do you put him? And then the two middle ones are neutral and true. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say he's like a chaotic neutral. Yeah, I would say he's a chaotic neutral as well. He's not yeah. good or bad. <laughs> it's no. just chaos. He's... Which I would liken him to Luis from Bob's Burgers. Oh my god. Chaotic neutral character, like zone. Yeah. All right. All right. He's got the same energy as Louise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's let's give us some history. Okay. So he was born on May 13th of 1986 in London. Um, he started acting at, in a London theater at the age of 15. And then his first actual film role was playing Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which came out in 2005. He so was actually about this one day and I have to tell you about it. Okay. Um, it was about how like Cedric Diggory was wronged so hard in Harry Potter that he killed himself or he, he jumped into some water and washed up on the shores of Seattle and dated the most mundane girl he could date after that. I feel like that was a thing as soon as he was in the Twilight movies. I think I've seen that before. Yeah, but probably. His role in Harry Potter actually got him named like the British star of tomorrow. So like I think they all kind of realized he was going to do well after yeah. that. He's so attractive too. He really is. Even like in Harry Potter, he was super attractive. Fun fact, For, like, I actually minutes, cried he when he died the first time I saw Goblet of Fire. Is it because he thought he was so hot or because of Cedric Diggory? I don't know. I was a child. <laughs> I don't know. I don't okay. remember my childhood. Okay. Listen, we know that we've all had trauma. Do you remember your childhood? No, I don't remember anything from when I was a child. See? Exactly. I read so much. That was why. So um, I thought before we got into like talking about his like film roles and just the chaos that is Robert Pattinson. What's your favorite movie that you've seen that he's like in? Um, let me look at this filmography really quick before answering that. I know. So one of the things that my boyfriend and I bonded over was that we both like have this love for our Pat. Uh, and Matt calls him the guyzo. The guyzo. Uh, yeah, it's this thing that he says. He calls him the Geizo. I don't get um, it. I don't either. Um, but he does that because of Good Time. Oh, okay. Um, I've never actually seen it, though, because he says it's probably going to be too dark for me, and I probably won't like it, which is fair. Are there children that um, die in it? Is that why it's too dark for you? No, no, no. I, I don't know. I don't doubt that it's probably going to be like too dark for me to watch. I don't know. I like... I think he's a good actor. I don't know that I have a favorite movie of his. I'm going to say The Lighthouse. I thought that movie was okay. so good. <laughs> that movie is nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's not, if I had to pick, probably The Lighthouse as well or Remember Me. Um, that's the one. Have you seen it? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, it's the one where, like, um, it's a kind of, like, a love story that, at the end, like, he just dies in 9-11 out of nowhere. It, like, just guts you in the end for no reason. Um, that was a, so that, that, that showed one. up on my TikTok the other day, actually. Like, like the, the fact that it guts you out of nowhere. It's like, oh my god, like, he's gonna be fine. And then it's like, oh, no, he went to the World Trade Tower. Yeah. 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 Unnecessary ending. But yeah, I would agree with The Lighthouse. That, that movie is just pure chaos, it's too. It's so good, though. I feel like I read something about him, like, refusing to do something for The, the Lighthouse. Um, I have a thing to come back to that later, actually. Okay. I do have that um, together. Okay. So, I guess the thing we think we kind of just have to start talking about it. <laughs> I forgot off. what it was. I just read what it was again. <laughs> god he's such a crazy person <laughs> okay sorry go ahead um 
Oh, I know where I was going with this. I was like, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, I think we kind of have to start with, like, the thing that made him, like, extra, extra famous. It's the oh, Twilight yeah. movies. Yeah. So the best thing that has ever been given to society is the sunglasses scene in the first Twilight movie. See, I would disagree. I think the best thing ever given to society is Robert Pattinson hating Twilight. <laughs> so I don't think he hates it anymore. Um, I think a lot of the interviews we see where he's like talking poorly on it was in like peak Twilight years. So he just hated being a part oh, of it. Oh, I'm sure then. he like looks back and appreciates like what it did for him. Yeah. But like the peak interviews are like him talking about like how crazy Stephanie Meyer is and like how bad the movies are and how badly they're written. I've gotten a lot of TikToks about like Robert Pattinson's age and being like, oh God, did you say this about Stephanie Meyer? And like just calling him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I said that. Like, did you call her a crazy person? Did you call her a religious psychopath? I feel like his publicist has to be like, dear God, please don't do any more Oh, interviews. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so In act- general, not actually even Twilight-related. A fun, just period. A fun Twilight fact. Uh, Stephanie Meyer's first choice for Edward was not Robert Pattinson. And the fans were actually pissed when they found out Robert Pattinson was going to play Edward. They yeah. wanted Henry Cavill. See... As much as I love Henry Cavill and want him to crush me with his thighs, I feel like that's a bad choice. Well, they said he was too old. So, like, when they started filming, he was already, yeah. like, in his mid-20s. And they wanted someone a little bit younger because Henry Cavill also, could not like, pass for hot. 17. Yeah, he's, like, he's a little hot. too hot. He's way too hot. Like, Robert Pattinson's hot, but, like, Henry Cavill's, like, a god. <laughs> that's, like, God's gift to humanity. <laughs> His thighs. <laughs> His ass. But, um, so during, like, the big Twilight years, obviously, Robert Pattinson talked super poorly about the films. And yeah. he actually said he didn't like the films and he wouldn't actually watch them because yeah. he would just, like, mindlessly hate it. I actually yeah. heard that during the first ever premiere of the first Twilight, he got up and ran out in the middle. <laughs> He talks about it on, um, on like, the DVD in, like, the, mm-hmm. the back when you used to get, like, commentary of, like, the actors. In the middle of the commentary, he's talking about how he got up and just, like, ran out of the theater <laughs> in the middle of the movie. I also, since we're talking about Twilight, I kind of want to touch on his relationship with Kristen Stewart. Totally. And how, like, I mean, obviously, like, they came from Twilight. And I've seen a couple interviews of her more recently talking about it and, like, it's a very confusing thing because she's, you know, gay? Bisexual? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not straight. And she's come out as not straight. I don't know exactly what her title is. Not Honestly, it, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Um, but she's talked about, like, their relationship very fondly and how, like, they were very much in love. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, hard to share their relationship with the public. Um, and it was hard not to fall in love in that situation. Like, yeah. Their characters are very much in love, and it was hard to not fall in love. Especially when they're both that young. Which I think young. is really interesting. Yeah. To be, like, that young and have to do that for that many years together, yeah. like, I'm not at all surprised. Yeah. And I actually think I, I also, saw the same interview because I, yeah. I don't know, I feel like people talked so much about how their relationship was just, like, faked for the whole yeah. thing. And then for her to, like... And, like, PR. These, yeah. And she, no, she yeah. she was in love with him. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. She says that she was in love with him, and I think it's it's a disservice that people give to that relationship I by agree. saying that, like, it was just for PR, but, like, it was years long. I don't yeah. think that would have been a PR yeah. relationship if it was They even long. got back together way. after she hooked up with the director of Snow White and the yeah. Huntsman, or whatever his name is. He's not relevant. She's relevant. Um, yeah. But um, they got back yeah. together afterwards. Well, speaking of them getting back together, uh, I do want to talk about Donald Trump's obsession with RPAT and his tweets towards RPAT. Oh, please tell me about this. This is... Oh, you didn't know about this. Okay. So after she cheated on him, um, Donald Trump was just like obsessively tweeting about RPAT and how like she didn't deserve him. Oh my God. <laughs> and he can do better than her. And then I think they got back together and he was like, he's making a mistake. He can do so much better than her. And for some reason, like I was, I got a bunch of TikToks about it at some point. Um, but he was just, like, obsessing over Arpat's relationship status. I did hear... For, like, that, no fucking reason. 
I actually heard that the reason that they ended up like for real calling it done is because they're both very private people about their real yeah. lives and for both of their lives to have been thrust into the, like the media like it just tore them apart it tore them both apart as individuals and yeah. that's when they were like okay neither of us for our mental health can continue to do this yeah and i feel like that's with being a like a very private person and then your relationship being kind of like the thing that everyone's looking at because mm-hmm. you are in a relationship with your like main cast member yeah uh that's like a that's very like a lot of pressure to put on a relationship too because i'm feel sure like that they were thing... asked to do press opportunities together, together and to like kind of play it up even though like they had a very organic yeah. relationship um, oh, yeah. I think it's it was very much like used as a marketing tool and that's yeah. why people think you know it was fake yeah alright let's move on um so I did a very poor job my notes are very messy because I was doing them okay. while cooking um <laughs> next thing I have is the lighthouse um I said so I, <laughs> I remember telling you like a year ago I was watching the lighthouse and you were like Oh my god! I hear you hear. I hear you see. His no, in it. no, that were there before it came out. There was all kinds of hype, and people were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, the the there's a it's so oh, scandalous. You you it's so scandalous because there's a scene where Robert Pattinson's just furiously masturbating. Apparently, yeah. he does that in a lot of his movies. He said in an uh-huh. interview recently, he's done it in three out of the four most recent films he's done. <laughs> so. I remember you saying that, and I watched it, and I was like, you don't see his dick at any point. Like, yes, he masturbates, but, like, it's a, it's like a chest-up scene, and you just know he's masturbating. And then he has they sex made it, with The media made it sound so scandalous, so well, I thought there so was going to be actually, a penis. I read that he did film it oh, with his penis. I'm sure he they did. They did film his penis. They he's cut a crazy it out. person. I'm sure he They did. cut it out to not be rated, like, NC-17. Um, yeah, that's fair. So they, it was the rating thing that they cut that out for. Although I wish they had shown it. I do, too. Not just to see his penis, but, like, show, like, normalize, like, showing more of men's bodies because you show lots of women's bodies. No, I agree with that. Wholeheartedly. I agree. Um, also... I remember reading... That movie is also extremely confusing and weird. And, like, it makes me uncomfortable to watch. He has flat out said he feels like he doesn't remember any of the filming because he was trying to play a character that was, like, so fucked up the whole time. Like, just, like, out of his mind, like, drunk the entire time. That he feels like the whole thing was a big old blackout. Yeah, I read that he didn't drink for it, but he ate a lot of mud, which is why I was he, laughing like, earlier. He like ate mud. He like peed himself. He yeah. He before a lot of he the took takes, method acting and like ran with it. Before some of the takes, he would just like spin around in circles, and then they would film him. <laughs> and he would put rocks in one shoe so that like one he was walking weird, and he needed to feel yeah. like he was walking kind of awkwardly. So he had rocks in one is, shoe fantastic and like honestly it's very much like an indie art house movie where like it it's like i find indie art house like hard to watch sometimes because it's so fucking weird and like that's just the thing about a24 is they do that a24 is really weird they're like oh my god it's so artsy and like (laughs) i get it but also it's so like um like hard to watch and that movie is like fucking weird and hard to watch it's not a it's a good movie i love it i think it's a great i'm like convinced that willem dafoe and arpat had sex at some point oh come on oh the characters i thought you the characters yeah 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 no i I literally was like oh what no no no, yeah the the characters they just like don't show it yeah um that movie's nuts. I love it. It's so nuts. It's I I don't know. There's something about watching people like go into like, complete madness, insanity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Completely unrelated. Really quick. Um, that new that movie that's been nominated for a bunch of awards. The Father. Anthony Hopkins is in it. It's a similar vibe where okay. he he's a man with dementia. And you're following the story from his perspective. So as he's not understanding what's happening, you're just as confused. Interesting. I'll yeah. have to check it I've out. I've heard it's really good. I saw a TikTok about it earlier. But anyways, back to Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, Let's go into his, is it the most recent at this point? Yeah. Okay. Um, so his most um, recent movie, well, 
No, I think Tenet came out after. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Tenet I yet. haven't either. Um, it's on my list of things to watch. Yeah, mine too. Um, but, uh, I mean, Devil All the Time was really big on Netflix at the end of last year, I feel like. So, I have two comments about The Devil All the Time. That movie's not One, good. It's not good, no. Um, I watched it in Boulder, like, after a hike when we were in Denver, and we were, like, sitting there, like, what the f- they're trying, like, they, the movie, they try too hard to tell, like, intertwining stories and try to intertwine them in, like, a way that just didn't work. Like, yeah. It, that's a really cool plot device if you can make it work, and they did not. So, like, the movie itself isn't very good. It has a lot of, like, star-studded actors in it, Sebastian too. Sebastian Stan, Tom Holland. Right. Robert Pattinson. I'm other sure people. there's other people. Lots of other people. Um, I watched an interview, or no, I read a review about it, and it was basically saying that, like, what what keeps happening in movies like this when people cast Arpat as a secondary minor character is that because he's such a good actor and like can make a fucking terrible character likable, he steals the show from main actors. And like the whole the article was titled like casting directors need to stop casting Art Robert Pattinson as a minor character. And it's yeah. because, like, he will just steal the show and make everyone else look terrible. His because accent. Because he does such a good job. His accent uh, is actually, so bizarre. So I read an article about that, too. And he is the only character to not use a vocal coach and just, like, kind of created this accent. See? <laughs> everyone else. The chaos. Everyone else used a vocal coach um, to, like, create a southern accent. Like, a believable southern accent. I feel like Sebastian Stan did not have a southern accent in that movie. I don't know what he was doing either. Tom Holland kind of had one, but he sounded like he had mush mouth the whole time. (laughs) That's what he always sounds like, though. (laughs) He looks like there's a frog in his mouth that's waiting to escape. So if he opens his mouth, the frog's gonna come out. I'm reading a review. So this article says... Robert Pattinson refused to reveal his accent until the first take, so the director had no idea oh what his accent sounded like oh until they started. Stop. That's bananas. What? <laughs> so it says, the director says, Robert was impossible to get dialect coaching. He just didn't want to do it. He was adamant about figuring it out on his own. He would be like, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to do that thing with a little bit of this. <laughs> it sounds just like him. <laughs> So one thing I will say <laughs> that is respectable about Robert Pattinson in compared to other actors that are just kind of like meth that say they're method actors, Robert Pattinson does things in the moment to like go crazy. He's not going to walk around being a complete bitch to everybody and be like, oh, well, I'm method acting. I can't break character. Yeah, No, yeah. that's your job. No, he's very secretive about yeah. it. What's the What's the scene in The Devil All the Time that, like, is insanely hilarious? When he's like, confusion! Oh, he's just, like, yelling a bunch of things. Yeah. And that it's, accent it's really is so funny. insane. It's really funny that in this movie, like, so he's, like, a sexual predator priest that uh-huh. is preying on young girls. He's gotten some of them pregnant. Yeah. And, like, blames it on them. And it's weird to watch that. And, like, because he does such a good job, like, you hate the character, but you're you also, so like, mad. sort of... I know. You, like, you hate it, but he does such a good job at, like, at making you hate him. Whereas everyone else is just kind of, like, whatever. Yeah. He, like, steals the show because, like, you just want to go, like, go into the screen and just, like, strangle Oh, him. yeah. No. Yeah, that movie itself's not good, but honestly, that accent just fucking killed. I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> Steve and I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, what is happening? Yeah. Um, so, there's um, there's a dialect coach called Eric, named Eric Singer, and he's like the internet's go-to critic when it comes to judging movie accents. Okay. He says that he mostly loved um, his accent. Well, I told you the rest um, of them did not do a good job. Doing a it says accent. that he says that the character is actually from a different world. He's from Tennessee, and the fact that he sounds a little bit different from everyone else just supports the fact that like he's just an outside character from the story they're telling. That's interesting. I had, I didn't think about it that way, but that's interesting. Um, okay, so let's get into the last thing that you have before we get into some of the chaos. Yeah. So the last thing is obviously he's playing Batman. 
Um, Which I think is great. It's so chaotic. I think it's such an odd choice, but I actually love it. Oh, it's absolutely it. an odd choice. Um, I love the fact that he's refusing to work out. That's it. mostly what I wanted to talk about. So he's he's absolutely <laughs> refusing to work out. And, he, and the director is, like, pissed about it. Yeah. Well, uh, Robert Pattinson in an interview was like, uh, I blame the rest of the industry for starting this. If you look back <laughs> at James Dean, he didn't, he was a skinny twiggy guy and it was fine. He goes, I'm on Twilight, take my shirt off for one scene and the entire country tells me to put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. Um my other favorite thing is that they filmed it a little bit of it in Chicago during the quarantine, um, and people were, like, out trying to find him with, like, the full-on cutouts of him. <laughs> the people had the cardboard cutouts of him? <laughs> well, it was the cardboard cutouts, and, like, they made them of, like, the, him in the tracksuit. Oh. <laughs> Not the tracksuit! <laughs> the, like, Russian, like, where his hair is pulled yeah. up. <laughs> Um, He's wearing this brown tracksuit. Oh. But I've been reading a lot of other things about that movie because Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman or whatever. And so she has been working out six days a week during COVID quarantine. She doesn't need to. She's in such good shape. No, she just is like ripped now. And it's going to be her and Robert Benson. Oh, God. That's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. All right. Let's get into some of the chaotic things that you want to talk about and some of the chaotic things I want to talk about. You go first. Because I feel like I, I, okay. I, I like, did that whole bit there. Um, so. <laughs> what are you, you're just making yourself laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, he does, like, ridiculous stuff that just become memes. So, like. I, there's this video that's viral of him, like, walking into a room, and he just goes, eh. <laughs> it became, like, an entire meme. And he's wearing, like, the dra- the tracksuit again. Uh, but I have this <clears throat> um, list from, where is this, from GQ, that is titled, Robert Pattinson's Viral Moments Ranked. The photo is... He's wearing this USATF shirt. I don't know what that is. Um, but he's making, like, a, a face. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so number 13 is Robert Pattinson desperately needs a New York City hot dog. Um, it's their own video, but it's of it's a story of one anxious man's quest to curb his hunger, and it was written by Robert Pattinson himself. Um, he developed this short film about being crazy in 15 minutes and shot it in an hour. Uh, but it's basically just this video that he made about, like, desperately needing a hot dog that he did for GQ. Number 12 is him doing a Reddit AMA. Um, oh my god, the AMA is bananas. So he used an AMA to promote Good Time, and he does not have social media. Um, but yeah, he did this AMA... And it's so oh, funny. The AMA is really good. Oh, here it is. I will read you the number one comment. Uh, it's Robert, what's your go to drink at a bar? And it just says Rose, which I'm assuming is Rose, but he just said Rose. <laughs> what is your life outside of acting? Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Is the, the the folded or scrunched one on there? And he goes, no. But, okay, this is this comes into another, like, crazy thing. Um, somebody asks him about his connection to Death Grips, which, as you all should know, Death Grips is the chaotic rap group? Band? Um, they are a hip-hop, punk rock, crossover, experimental group. Okay. Um, and he ended up playing guitar on a song called Birds. Which and he hold on with for, Death Grips. Right, no, say so I need to I need to know. So he says, uh, Death Grips were one of my favorite bands for years and he played through the walls once in his house on New Year's and people went from zero to insane so quickly, so he knew that there was something special and that his speakers blew up from the song. 
So um, so he just kind of met them and then somehow made it to play guitar. Yeah, so um, Birds is on Government Plates, which came out in 2013. And mm-hmm. one of the things I didn't bring up in the Twilight bit, because I figured it would come back around somewhere, Robert Pattinson is a fantastic musician. Yeah. Um, he plays guitar, he sings, he does other things. He has said that music would be his backup if acting ever failed. Also, didn't he say if Batman does badly, he's going to do a porn? <laughs> I remember him saying that. He has also said that if he had the chance to star in Game of Thrones, he would want to be Hodor. <laughs> yep, yep, did remember that. <laughs> oh my god, so yeah, if you um, have not read this AMA, it's so chaotic and ridiculous. Um, it's just so funny, I'm reading through it now and laughing. Um, number 11 on here is that Robert Pattinson forgot who Emma Watson is. Yep. And there's like, um, a, that's like on the filming of Goblet of Fire. Robert Pattinson bites Tyra Banks's neck. Um. Oh, that was back so, when Tyra had her own TV show still. Yeah. And it was, um, I believe like during Twilight. So he bites her neck. Uh, he hates Healthy Shakes as number nine. Oh, yeah. So the healthy, no, the healthy shakes thing is around Batman. So because he was refusing to work out, the director, whoever, someone coordinated getting him like a healthy food plan. And he literally just said no. Number seven or number eight is Robert Pattinson falling asleep at his own film festival tribute. So he was honored by the Karlovy Vary Film Festival, I believe, in 2019. Uh, and then he fell asleep during it. He likes chicken flicks. Um, this is number seven. And it's, like, basically all movies. Like, so he asked, he got asked what his favorite chick flick is, and he said chicken run is <laughs> the only thing coming to mind. Um, uh, I'm going to skip number six because it's not very funny. Number five is that he bored his own stalker. So this is actually one of my favorite facts about him, but he had a stalker when he was in Spain. And in an interview, he talks about how she, like, stood outside of his apartment for weeks all day every day, and because he was so bored and lonely, he took her out to dinner, and he complained about his life, and then she never came back. <laughs> um, he Number four is that he thinks being spit on is great. So he likes when people spit in his mouth, which I think is disgusting. Um, he, number three is him hating Twilight. Number two is him taking down Matt Lar. Um, but this is mainly because, uh, he's a compulsive liar in interviews and just makes things up. And he talked about how he went to the circus and saw someone die and then just like went on this like tale and like story about seeing a clown die and then like like made it up and um it was during like a matt lauer talk show and number one is like all the memes about him oh yeah um one of the things i think is super chaotic um last year he was interviewed you know during like the hype around tenant and then like all the batman stuff he inter- was interviewed by gq and he talks about this revelation he had about how you can make pasta but be able to make it fast food and hold it in your hand (laughs) so he tells this story in this interview about how he tried to make it um he says he bought the following a giant filthy dust covered box of cornflakes because they didn't sell breadcrumbs and cornflakes are basically the same shit um, a novelty lighter. I will argue they are kind of the same thing as breadcrumbs. I know it's used a lot in like fried chicken. He ordered, he got a novelty, a, an incredibly large novelty lighter, um, nine packs of pre-sliced cheese and tomato sauce. <laughs> he, he, um, how he got some tinfoil. Well, it's not tinfoil. He gets foil. And Aluminium. made a 
bowl because he doesn't own anything. So he made a bowl out of foil and then had a box of pate pasta in the house. So he's like, first you got to microwave the pasta. (laughs) So he pours some dry pasta into a cereal bowl, covers it with water, and then microwaves it. And he goes, you know, the pasta that's like a little blob, sort of like a squiggly blob. And that's how they were trying to get to the fact that he had penne. And he called it a squiggly blob. (laughs) Um, And then... I scroll down too fast. Um, he says he has no idea if it's cooked or not. He dumps the pasta in his uh, foil thing anyways. Um, and he calls it a little pasta pillow. And so <laughs> he puts sugar on top of it. Um, and then just begins. He tried to make the pasta into the shape of a bun. And, like, put stuff inside of it and just started, like, throwing things in there. And he put ended up putting it on a hamburger bun. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But it's it's so bad. So what we've learned from this is he cannot cook. <laughs> and he, um, he only have... can cook in the microwave. And it does not turn out well. Yeah, he did an interview talking about how he cooks pasta in the microwave and it's not very good. Um, I have a list of 10 things, 10 true stories that prove Robert Pattinson is the most interesting celebrity in Hollywood. Okay. Um, one of them is that he was expelled from an all-boys school for selling porn magazines. <laughs> God. Um, and I think he, st- he stole the magazines, too. Um... Uh, the other one is that he crashed the premiere of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix after drinking beer and eating pizza all day. <laughs> the photos from that are wild. He just, like, he's wearing regular clothes and everyone else is, like, really fancy and he, like, looks terrible. He says that his agent still sends the red carpet photos to this day, to him to this day, and he was just pouring with sweat. Um... His quote is, I'm just walking down Hollywood, and it was a long walk, I can't even remember, like 45 minutes, and it was boiling hot. I'd literally just been eating pizzas and drinking beers the whole summer and looked disgusting. Um, so that was, the next one is the, that he lied about the circus clown. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he once said that he wanted to spice up a sex scene in Breaking Dawn Part 2 by including a walrus. <laughs> Oh my god. What? Um, the next one is the hot dog short. Um, he once said that he pleasured a dog on the set of Good Time, but then later admitted it was a joke. I don't know that it was a joke, though. Um, to get into the emotional state needed for the lighthouse, he would throw up before scenes. Mm-hmm. He would spin in circles and put stones. We talked about that in his shoe. Uh, the pasta dish is the next one. The dialect coach. These are a lot of things we talked about. Yeah, so it's just basically all the stuff we've yeah. talked about. Um, <clears throat> I have a list of a bunch of crazy things he said in interviews. Is that the, the things.com one? No. Okay, I have one of those as well. Um, so he talks about how he thinks he's allergic to, for two vaginas. Um, he says he has, he was doing a 12 hour shoot and he's like, you know, women are going to stay naked in during that. And he's like, I have, wasn't prepared. I had no idea what to say to these women. Thank God I was hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love him so much. Um, the boring his own stalker thing. Uh, Oh, I found the photo. Uh, I found a photo of him with Death Grips and Beyonce. I've seen that photo. He talks about it on the Reddit. Anime, oh, yeah. AMA. Oh, there, it's, it is fr- directly from the Reddit AMA. Okay. Um, he, he said that he's been told he smells like a crayon. And when questioned further on that, they were like, you mean like in like wax? And he goes, no, like embalming fluid. <laughs> uh, 
those don't those don't smell the same. No. Um, he said he wants to be in a. He constantly tries to get his agent to put him in a ballet film, mm-hmm. and his agent's like, "Rob, you can't dance." He's like, "No, but I have an inner ballerina inside of me that wants to come out." He also has said that he has extraordinary, heavily sal- heavy saliva, and he noticed the other day that if he tried to spit, it can only go about a foot. <laughs> He thought it was because he didn't have much lip power, because but someone told him uh, it's because he has heavy saliva. So that's a thing that he knows about himself. Mm-hmm. I have another list, so I'll just go off yeah, of yours. Yeah, go for it. Uh, he said, and I quote, I don't know, I was too engrossed in my gagging. Um, and that was in reference to, like, him talking about the, the lighthouse. Um, and that it was in reference to, like, what he thought his coworkers thought. So he just said, I don't know, I was too engrossed with my gagging. Um, he says that he's constantly living in terror. That he thinks his house is just gonna go away. Um, he has said that he doesn't get a lot of free or promotional gifts and because he's like not really doing a whole lot in the public eye. And he said, I used to have a tiny bit of power and now it's gone. I can't do anything anymore. I called my publicist and asked, can I get some free stuff? Just anything. I just want a package. He has said, um, I like stealing stuff a lot. You can definitely get high off of it. That's not a surprise. He has said, I like the idea of just one paparazzo coming out and trying to get a picture and I just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he is. He has talked <laughs> about how openly, like openly how much he hates the paparazzi. Yeah. He, on Late Night with Seth Meyers, he asked, Seth asked Rob to confirm rumors that he wanted to be a rapper. And he says, yeah, 100%. I still kind of do. And then explained that his rap name is Big Thub. Big Tub. Big Tub. Um, he also says, I think Edward is basically Nosferatu, but at the same time, he still cares about, like, doing his hair and stuff. <laughs> he talked to Willem Dafoe about uh, some upcoming projects, and Willem Dafoe asked him how the festival was in San Sebastian, and Robert Pattinson was a little confused, and then Defoe had to clarify that he was asking how the film screening was. And um, in response, he said, he talked about how he ended up eating a fish that had an incredibly tiny body and an enormous skull as a response. <laughs> and then the my favorite one is, there's a little gremlin inside of me that thinks, just say something shocking. You're only here for a few minutes. Say something terrible. And then he says, there's a perverse glee I get from that, but I've given my publicist a number of heart attacks. I love that he refers to it as a little gremlin inside of him saying to say something fucked up. Which, again, comes to, like, the pure chaos that is Robert Pattinson. Um, he has also said that he he wants to strangle whoever came up with the nickname Arpats. <laughs> Honestly, though, not, it's a great nickname. And then earlier, Sorry, earlier you had mentioned um, that he likes chicken films. So it's, it's not that he likes like chick what? flick. No, it's not that he I, likes I chicken films. I explained it as he, they asked him what his favorite chick flick was. And he said, I don't know. The only thing coming to my head is chicken run. That shows up in TikToks a lot alongside other celebrities answering, giving weird answers. Oh, one of my favorite TikToks. Um, so there's a Haley Williams and like Paramore did a song for Breaking Dawn, I think. Um, I don't know. Or... She did movies for songs for all those movies. So there's um, it's Decode, um, which I can't remember which one it is, but he's the, in an Decode's interview the with first her. One. Like they're talking to each other, and. <laughs> He, like, talking to her, he was like, ooh, I like your accent. And it's, like, the most awkward interview because, like, he's, like, sort of, like, flirting with her. But, like, she also, like, you can tell that they both feel awkward. And it's just, like, a very uncomfortable, like, cringy. 
um, which is just the energy he brings to most interviews. Yeah. If he's not being absolutely chaotic to the point where it doesn't make any sense, it just, it feels very cringy. Yeah. Which I think is something that he does on purpose. I wouldn't doubt that. It's funny to me that, like, he wants people to, like, not like him, but he's, like, an actor. (laughs) How does he do it? We'll never know. Um, I have a webpage open called Dissecting All the Bizarre Moments from Robert Pattinson's Car Crash Profile in GQ. Oh, yeah, they call it, they they call that, uh, that's the pasta interview. They call it a literal car crash. So it says he needed three people to call him to remind him to call the GQ guy. Uh, And then we see the first few pictures in the interview and it's just like, um, (laughs) what? Because uh, he looks, like, disheveled and confusing. There's one of the photos where he has, like, all of the ingredients from the yeah. pasta, like, around. That's, like, the famous <laughs> photo from that interview. It's just, like, yeah. him sitting on the floor with all of the pasta ingredients. And then he talks about having strong feelings about the hair color of the characters he plays and how he only wants to play men with black hair. He doesn't um, he says he's scared play to be that being... way. He doesn't. He plays a... Play no, no, brown. Yeah, exactly. You said black. Yeah, he said black. Right, but he he doesn't play Ben. I know. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, am I missing something? He here? <laughs> he talks about his eating habits on the Batman meal plan, and he says, "I eat out of cans and stuff. I literally put Tabasco inside of a tuna can and just eat it out of the can." <laughs> But my preference, he says, it's weird, but my preferences are just to sort of eat like a wild animal, like out of a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) It says he's just gutting Cokes and pieces of Nicorette gum the whole interview. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) What? That's so funny. He drinks 5,000 cups of coffee before interviews. Um, and that's why a lot of the interviews make sense. Oh, just because um, he, what, is he just like a severe caffeine addict? So he just drinks as much yeah, as he Yeah, he's just possible? like anxiety. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks about how fear makes him feel a little spicy. <laughs> it says when he's talking about the fear of playing such a big legendary character in Batman, he tells GQ, it makes you a little spicy. He then laughs and his phone dies, so the interview is cut short. And then this article says, you really can't write this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get to the pasta. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. He said that he went as far as to design a prototype that involved a panini press. (laughs) I like how he uses, like, the weirdest cooking utensils for this thing he goes even further saying that he set up a meeting with los angeles restaurant royalty the guy that the co-founded sugarfish and told him his business plan and his facial expression didn't even change afterward or acknowledge his plan (laughs) oh my god and then the the guy he had a meeting with says it's 100 percent true everything he said (laughs) Hey, at least it wasn't a lie. He puts on latex gloves to make it when he shows the the GQ person. (laughs) So official. Oh my god. He lights his glove on fire accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Then he thinks his microwave is in an oven and sets it on fire. And then he and the interview have her a disagreement on whether the oven in his apartment is an actual oven or a microwave. <laughs> he assures the interviewer it's an oven. And then the interviewer is unconvinced. He puts the aluminum foil in it and then it happens. Proudly, he's walking up to the counter that his phone is on when behind him, a lightning bolt erupts from the oven slash microwave. <laughs> and it says that he's giggling and crouching as the oven throws off straight flickers of light. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. There's, the end of this article says, there's never been an interview quite like it. There hasn't even been a Robert Pattinson interview quite like this. No. No one should, he should never be allowed to be home alone. 
<laughs> and then it says, this is exactly what we all needed in week seven, maybe week eight of lockdown, if only to prove to us that someone is going more crazy than us. And that person is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, man. This interview was only in week eight of lockdown. Oh, my God. How that is like he year, now? Almost a year ago. Wait. Do we know if he's alive? Well, he's filming Batman, so I he got he's COVID alive, dur- he on the set of Batman. Who knows? He could be dead. Oh my god, I love him so much. He's such a crazy person. Oh yeah, he hundred percent got COVID. That was like a big thing. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, all right, I have. <laughs> I don't have much else. No, I think we've gone through all the crazy we can. Yeah, I mean, you could fill, like, a couple episodes with the crazy, but um, Robert Pattinson is peak. He's a peak chaotic neutral. (laughs) Peak chaotic neutral. All right, so with that, um, I think that covers it for the episode. Yes. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, which we both hope you did, Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and write us a review. We don't get reviews, so if you want to write us one, that would be awesome. We'll read it on the show. Um, If you are not comfortable writing us a review, shoot us a DM on Instagram or shoot us an email. All of our social medias will be after the song. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.